so we've been talking uh, for the last few weeks about distractions and the way that uh, life pushes and pulls you and, uh, and distracts you. I hope that me preaching in swim trunks today isn't too distracting. I'm sure some of you are like, what in the world? Don't whistle. I'm sure some of you are wondering what in the world is going on. Um, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, it's a baptism service, and it's awesome, and I'd preach in my swim trunks every week if we had uh, people getting baptized every single week, uh, because that's what it's all about. But um, I hope that between that and, uh, and what God has to say to you today, that we can stay focused together and, uh, and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, because this world, as we know, um, there is a battle for our attention every minute of every day. Uh, the things in, in this world and the way that the enemy loves to use the things in this world to distract us and pull us away from God's point and purpose and his will in our life is a very, very real thing. And when we give attention to those things of the world and the things that the enemy tries to pull us uh, into, uh, those are the kinds of things that can bring destruction and death in our life as opposed to keeping our attention on the things above and the things of God that bring life to us. And as I've mentioned, the enemy loves to distract us from what really matters. And so we need to pay careful attention to what the Lord wants to do in our life and how we live and to understand uh, what the Lord's will is for our life. So I don't know how many of you uh, are, are like me and that maybe you don't have the best memory all the time. Sometimes you forget things and maybe you're distracted and that's why you forget things. Um, do you ever just kind of forget what you're doing at times? You're just like, I, I forgot, I was distracted. Um, I can't tell you, how, well, I can't because I forgot, how many times that maybe I will come out of my office and I'll walk down the hall and I will have a reason to go into the office to talk to maybe Sue or, or somebody else on the team and I'll walk in the door and go, I completely forgot why I came down here. Is that just me? Is that a thing? Like, it's just, just okay, good. It's not, I figured it wasn't just me. But yeah, I, and sometimes there's, there's just so many things going on in, in my mind and in, in just this world. And I know you all can relate to that, where there's just so many things going on. And sometimes you forget what you were doing because your mind just starts going to the next thing and to the next thing, and to the next thing, and, and, and we maybe haven't simplified enough um, or, or honed in on what's really important because there's so many things going on. We are very forgetful people. Just it, as, a, as a society, with everything being pushed and pulled in very different ways, we are very forgetful. Uh, you know, 7% of people forget their own birthday. I, some of you are going, what is my birthday right now? You know? Um, 25% of teenagers, supposedly, forget major details uh, of close friends and relatives. Forget major details. Yeah, my son's like, yep. 39% um, of Americans have forgotten one basic piece of information or lost one everyday item in the past week because we forget. I don't know about your house, but my house, we lose remote controls we lose shoes, very much shoes. And it's never, we can always find shoes. They're just not the shoes you need right then, right? So yeah, Wilson will come out and be like, yeah, I got these two, they're not the same shoe. They're, you know, they're not even close to the shoe that, that you know, my wife wants them to wear or anything along those lines. And we randomly will find shoes in various places. 
and that happens with, you know, six people in, in our house, you know, four kids, but we forget things. We forget things, we misplace things, we're not always focused on the things that really matter, and we forget what we forgot because our attention is always being pulled away. We need to protect what matters most. When it comes to what, what we're focusing on, we need to protect what matters most and completely cover our distractions with the Holy Spirit of God. We need to completely cover our distractions with the Holy Spirit of God. In many ways, that's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. And we've looked at this verse in Ephesians every week, and I want to look at it again. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Paul writes this, So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be distracted. That's what he's saying here. Keep your focus. Don't get distracted. It's very easy to. It's very easy to get distracted. And when we keep our focus on the will of God and put the enemy in his place, we're setting ourselves up for success. Now, today is baptism, obviously, and we've talked about that, and, and everybody's excited for that for sure. And the reason we are is because of what it represents and what it really means. And so I want to look at John the Baptist today. I want to look at a story of John the Baptist and, uh, and when Jesus uh, was baptized. We're going to look at that story today. And, and, and as we look at John the Baptist, I want to say this. If you don't really know a whole lot about John the Baptist, he was a weird dude. John the Baptist was, was a weird guy. All right? He, his clothing, um, his lifestyle, um, he was not uh, your average, normal kind of person. Okay? He, it says he wore uh, skins and lived out in the wilderness, and he ate bugs and various different things. Guy was, was weird based on our standards, for sure, but dedicated to the cause in an unshakable way. Dedicated to the cause to, to a point of, um, of where he ended up giving his life for the cause um, when it was all said and done. But this is a guy that was not distracted in the slightest. In fact, I believe that the, the life decisions he made in terms of the way in which he was living his life that we sit here and call weird um, were to keep him laser focused and razor sharp on what God was calling him to do. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, and um, is where we're going to be starting. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can flip to Matthew chapter 3. If you get the Bible app, uh, you can uh, look for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you can follow along with the sermon notes there. But um, John the Baptist, his, his role was to be the forerunner of Christ, that, that he was to prepare the way for the Messiah. And he was very, uh, very clear on what his role was there. And so let's start here in, in verse 11. Matthew 3, verse 11. And this is John speaking. He's baptizing. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, John's preaching, if you look at, at his preaching, was, was really laser-focused. And if you could narrow it down to a particular word, um, and you would boil it down to one word, a great word to choose would be repentance. Repentance is a word that he focused on a lot, and the idea behind that word of repentance. And this is something that uh, many churches and the church uh, holistically um, sometimes have forgotten and have maybe pushed to the side a little bit because of convenience 
and because it's not controversial. And we live in a day when maybe we're trying to avoid controversy, even though it just seems like more and more of it keeps puking up anyway. Um, Repentance, though, speaks of a change of direction. A good way to look at repentance is a change of direction, not so much a sorrow of heart. A lot of times we think of, of this word and we think of repentance and, and we'll, we'll maybe go to a place of like, I should feel, I should feel terrible about myself or, and I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but, but we, we start to think I should feel bad. I should have this sorrow of heart and I should, I should really feel terrible about what I've done or who I am or any of those things. And that's, that's not really the point of repentance. Sometimes those things uh, are a result of of some of the things that we've done and being broken about our sin, absolutely we should be. Um, But repentance is a key component of salvation, and it's why John uh, preached on it very much. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I know we've heard that. That's, That's a quote from John the Baptist. But it's also a key component of our walk with God. Repentance is a key component of our walk with God, and it's, it's one of the main things being represented in baptism. Yes, it is very much representing and symbolizing the death, burial, and resurrection, because that's what baptism is. It's, it's symbolic. It represents. There's no you know, magic in the water or anything along those lines. Um, but repentance, that change of direction, that must happen first. That must happen first. And so why do we get distracted? Why do we get distracted? Well, maybe because we haven't changed direction. Maybe it's because we haven't changed direction. Here's what I mean by that. If we keep traveling the same direction and we wonder why the terrain doesn't look any different, and you know, I mean the definition of of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. A lot of times, that's our problem when it comes to sin and the distractions in our life is because we haven't changed direction. We keep walking the same way. And looking back, by the way, while we're walking that way, that's not the same thing. Just because you look back and see it, that's not the same as changing direction and and moving back toward the Lord. And and moving toward him in that change of direction is, is such an important thing. It's, it's one of the main things being represented in baptism. And we haven't changed direction. Maybe, maybe we can find some help with that in the word of God. Maybe we can. Let's keep reading. Verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. See, John sees no need for the spotless lamb of God to be baptized. And in many ways, he's right. Because Jesus had nothing to repent of. He had nothing to repent of. And so he didn't necessarily need this symbol. But it was an important thing for Jesus to do as a leader But here's the thing we can learn from John in this when it comes to us being willing to change directions. You know what one of the biggest keys for John was? And I I kind of already said it. He knew who he was, meaning Jesus. He was very clear on who Jesus was. But John also knew who he was. He knew his role. 
He understood who he was and who he was not. And knowing our place keeps us from being distracted. Knowing our place keeps us from being distracted. And sometimes we forget our place. John didn't consider himself to be above anyone that he was preaching to, and he didn't consider himself to be above Jesus, certainly not. You can tell by what he's saying here, but how often does our ego, how often does our ego distract us from what God wants to do in our lives? I don't care where you're coming from, what socioeconomical place you're coming from, our ego distracts us from what God wants to do in our lives sometimes, and we forget our place. We don't do it on purpose, necessarily. It just, it just kind of happens. We fall into it because we're sinful, and we're fallible, and we're imperfect, and we need reminders. We need to remind ourselves and know our place, and a good way to do that is to eliminate the distractions in our life. We stay in those areas that allow us to continue to stay distracted because we forget our proper place. And we keep Jesus from being in his rightful place, which is number one. That's where he should be at all times. And we may need reminded of this hour by hour, day by day. It just depends on where, where you are in your life and, and what's happening in the moment. Because there are certainly moments where we get pulled away and we get distracted. Let's keep reading here. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. That's an important thing, just real quick, because he was coming up out of the water. He was completely covered under the water and came up out of the water. That's an important thing here. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, you may have heard this, these couple of verses here before. But can I just bring some weight to this for a quick second? Because of what we're really reading here, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes down on Jesus, the Son. And the Father speaks, and for the first time, we see the Trinity together on earth. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being there for that? Good grief. I guarantee you, no one forgot this moment. This is not a moment that you would forget if you were there. This is something that you would be telling people and telling your kids and your grandkids and all, and all the way down. You would never forget this moment. I guarantee you the people that were there never forgot what they saw. This moment was marked in such an amazing and powerful way, and we gloss right over it when we read it. But this is huge. This is a huge moment. And you know what? Baptism, it happened at baptism. It's the same thing for us in terms of the moment should be marked as a moment we should never forget because of what it really means. Because of what it really means, the life change that comes upon us, a representation of dying to our old self and beginning clean, which is something, as the Bible says, we get to do. His mercies are new every morning. Granted, we, we're going to continue to mess up. We're going to continue to mess up, and we need the Holy Spirit, and we need Jesus to be in our life. But, but this moment, this marked moment of 
I was one way and now I'm something else because of what Jesus has done in my life. Walking in the newness of life with him, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. This is a big deal today because of what it represents. I don't know if any of you have looked into uh, maybe different memory techniques. Um, I, as, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's things that I'm, I'm really good at remembering that I can maybe watch something or, or listen to a song a couple of times and I know it or, or whatever. And then there's other things that I'm just like terrible at. Um, and, and so I've, I've looked very little, but I've looked a little bit into what are some memory techniques to help me out. Um, and I don't know if you've looked at them, but there are a few that rise to the top when you start looking at them. And, um, and, and they have to do with, you know, physical, mental, uh, emotional ties uh, to things. And funny enough, baptism, what actually happens in baptism begins to fall into the category of one of the top things to help us remember things. Uh, one, of the, one of the number one things is uh, called a memory palace. A memory palace, and this actually dates back to ancient times, funny enough. Um, and what you do is you associate pieces of information with a location that you're familiar with. So a lot of times people will build, quote, a memory palace in, in your head, and you'll maybe use your house, a place that you're really familiar with. And you'll use your home, and you'll say, okay, at, at this chair, I'm going to associate this chair um, with this particular piece of information, and then maybe I'll add like a smell to that or something. And so you're, you're adding different things. And as you walk through your house, you are... Um, or whatever location you're choosing. It's, it's helping you to remember things as you go through. And while this isn't the perfect analogy, it's, it's awfully close because um, it's, it's one of the number one memory techniques dating back to ancient times. But what makes it even more unforgettable, if you imply this, uh, you know, this, uh, this technique, is when you add a physical act to that. For example, being soaking wet. <laughs> um, it's an unforgettable experience. Why? Why is that? Well, it's a sensory overload in many ways because it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. All of those things all coming together in a place that you're familiar with in, 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 a, in a moment that has a ton of meaning and the sensory overload that's there because we are marking the moment. And, and baptism is a time to mark the moment. And I fail to believe that this is not intentional by God. I, I fail to believe that. Everything God does is intentional. This was God's idea, and it's supposed to be a memorable moment for us to recall because of what it means, because that day is the day. This was the day that I, that I drew the line, and I, and I said, I am a follower of Jesus. And that moment is marked by baptism. Now, back in, back in the day, um, in uh, you know, in the book of Acts and, and, and a few other places you go through, you see when people come to Jesus, they are baptized right away. And while we don't necessarily do that because we want to have it planned for a time for people to come together and celebrate, like I know some of you are here today to celebrate with those that you love that are getting baptized today. And that's awesome. That's an intentional thing. And we're so glad that you're here for that. Um, but back in the day when baptisms would happen, it was because people had accepted Christ right then and they were marking that moment, that day, that time. This is the day. This is the time. This is when I'm going all in because you have no choice when you're in there but to go all in, right? You don't have your phone. You don't have anything. You're, you're getting soaking wet. You're trusting the person that's gonna dunk you in the water and all of that stuff. Like, 
you, you have no choice and, and you mark the moment and it represents that change of direction and it represents a covering and washing away of our sin. I want you to think about this for a second. The word baptize, it goes back to the Greek baptizo and it, and it really means immerse or submerge by uh, submerge and cleanse by dipping. That, that's what it means. And funny enough, the first time it was used in the Greek uh, that we know of, it was used, and this might sound a little bit funny right at the beginning, but when you think about it, it's super appropriate. Um, it was first used in describing pickling. Okay, so think about that process, though, um, of making pickles. It's a cucumber. I mean, I know you can pickle other things, but cucumber for this analogy. It's cucumber, and when it's completely dipped and submerged, and then it comes out, same vessel, new purpose. New flavor, permanent change. Nobody calls it a pickled cucumber. It's just a, it's a pickle. You know what I mean? If, if you didn't know it was cucumber, I just blew your mind. Um, <laughs> but it's something we never forget. It's something we never forget in this. And, and, and when it comes to the way in which God has designed this, how incredible is that? Because the representation of I was one thing and now as a follower of Jesus, I'm something else. And the difference is him. The difference in our life is, is Jesus. And so what are the things that the enemy uses to distract you from what matters the most? Let's mark the moment. Let's mark the moment. This is Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday, and today is, is the day that commemorates the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem for his triumphal, uh, triumphal entry, and where a week later, he sacrificed himself to save us from our sins. This is beginning Passion Week, and what he did for us. What a day to remember. What a day to remember. And so what if today, what if today, you marked the moment as the day that you asked the Lord to baptize your distractions. And that's the connection point for the day. Because as we've gone through this and, and we've looked at our distractions and as we look at our distractions, I'm hoping, because every week essentially I've asked the same question different ways, what, what do you need to ask the Lord to completely cover? What distraction do you need to maybe baptize and let the Holy Spirit help you move forward to do whatever it takes to keep you from the distractions of the enemy? Because he's going to continue to distract. He is not gonna let up. He will not let up. Baptism, it's such a great symbol of repentance and a physical mile marker for your life. Those that are getting baptized today are gonna to have that physical mile marker for their life. If you've, if, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus and you've never been baptized, I wanna encourage you to mark the moment. I wanna encourage you to take that step. See, it's, it's a place of vulnerability. It doesn't get much more vulnerable than being in that water. It's vulnerability, it's trust, and you have no choice but to go all or nothing. 
And so what distraction in your life needs to be baptized? What distraction in your life needs completely covered and washed away because it's keeping you from the will of God? I hope that you'll be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord here. And baptism doesn't mean that you're gonna be perfect from this point on. And baptizing your distraction, while that's a metaphor for, for what we're asking the Lord to do, it doesn't mean that those distractions are just gonna completely go away, but it does mean that you're gonna rely on the Lord to help you in those. Will you bow your head with me? See, it means that we acknowledge that we are perfectly forgiven, we are perfectly loved, and that Jesus Christ paid the price for every sin that you have ever done, are doing, or will ever do. Jesus, who was baptized, he was victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And if you are a follower of him, then his Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. Jesus Christ, victorious, living inside of you. God created us to have a relationship with him, to be with him. And we keep ourselves separated from him by the sin that we commit. And there's nothing we can do to cover our own sins. It's only through the blood of Jesus, through what he did for you and for me. And he did that for everyone, anyone and everyone. And if you would just put your trust in him right now, you can know for sure that your eternal life starts now and lasts forever. Father, I thank you so much for what you have done, are doing, and will continue to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move through this room in a mighty and powerful way. God, I thank you for those that are taking this step of baptism. And, and Lord, I, I pray that if there's some here watching, uh, joining us online or, or here in the worship center with us, Lord, that are, that are contemplating that, Lord, I pray that you would, you would show them. You would show them what, that you want so much more. God, that maybe they would be willing to step out and take that step of obedience in baptism to mark the moment. Lord, we all have distractions in our life that we need to put aside. We've all got different things that the enemy is using to pull us left and right. Lord, I pray that you would point those out to each and every one of us and that we would be honest with you and that we would allow you to completely cover those in our life. God, we love you. We praise you. We celebrate today in Jesus' name. Amen.